Hey, Bob WP here, and welcome to Do the Boo, the WooCommerce Builder Podcast, episode 225. show is brought to you by PeakPay with their streamlined express checkout and iconic with their feature-filled restaurant plugin, Orderable, built for WooCommerce. I'll tell you a bit more about our pod friends later in the show, but let's dive into WooVisions as Kathy has a one-on-one chat with Ben Rittner from Cadence WP. Hey everyone, welcome to WooVisions. I'm Kathy Zant and I'm here with my friend, my partner in Cadence, <laughs> The Cadence Beat is taking over Woo Visions this week. Exciting, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for joining me, Ben. Uh, if for those who do not know Ben Rittner, he is the founder of Cadence WP. Uh, he has really brought – you were the first person to really do some innovative stuff with blocks with WordPress. Can I ask you to like – because I know little bits of the story of how you got involved with WordPress and blocks – but I'd love to share that story with everybody listening to Visions. Yeah, sure. So I think, I can't remember what year it was, but when Gutenberg was still a plugin, not in core, there was like a whole year pre the five release where a, a lot of negativity about Gutenberg and is this really the future that WordPress should be, you know, heading in and you know, in January, February that year, I was probably in that camp of like, I don't know if this is right. And then, you know, just like it, it just does for a lot of people, like finally the block editor kind of clicked and it was like, okay, I can see how this this can work. And, um, you know, with the constraints that the Gutenberg team had to deal with in terms of backward compatibility and being able to pull in, you know, raw HTML into a, a block editing experience is, you know, I wouldn't want to have to be the one to have to figure all that out, right? But essentially, I came in and was like, okay, so WordPress is making a content editor. Like, you're going to be able to make content, but not like a page builder. But could this be a page builder? And so that kind of exploration into like, if it could be a page builder, being able to like marry the two and allowing users to kind of escape the heavy load of a page builder, but still being able to create really dynamic layouts was like appealing to me as like a a creator, as well as like just something I thought, you know, this could really happen. So yeah, I mean, I, I developed cadence blocks and released it pre um, the 5.0 release. So before um, Gutenberg was part of core, which I mean, those were crazy times. Like, at that point, I had to support the Gutenberg plugin because that's how you could enable Cadence Blocks, which meant that the development pace of Gutenberg plugin and the way that at the time, too, they were, you know, it was just a lot easier to break things then because there's a lot less users on it. And and so, yeah, I, I think in those early days, I rewrote Cadence Blocks a couple times because, like, things would completely change and I'd be like, oh, no, this isn't going to work. So, one of the main focuses I had was on like the row layout kind of potential is like, how do we make columns and how do we make those columns like movable? The core column option at the time was extremely limited. Um, you know, you basically could choose your columns and that's it. And you couldn't, couldn't tell it anything. And I think, you know, one thing that still is there with core is that, and they haven't gone into it all is the ability to change settings based on screen size. 
Um, and so that was like, to me, a key missing part of like every block and everything, if you're going to create settings. And so I started to really try to approach cadence blocks as like, I want to build a design tool for Gutenberg so that, you know, people can use this as like a full page building experience in terms of being able to create whatever you want. How many, so with the, with Gutenberg not yet being in core and basically to install cadence blocks, you had to have Gutenberg plugin as well. How many users did you actually have like playing with it then? Pretty quickly. I had a lot. Part of it was because I'd been building themes and plugins already. So I had a, you know, I had a decent user base that was using cadence products at the time. This had been like our virtue theme and our ascend theme. And so it was really easy for me to get like push things to users and let them play with it and and try it. So I feel like even even in the early days, you know, there was quite a lot of users on Cadence Blocks and it's all relative, right? At the time, quite a lot of users meant 5,000 because no one was in Gutenberg yet. Now, like quite a lot of users means 200,000. So it's it's different. But sure. Yeah, I think that was like had I not had any customer base, user base to be able to say, hey, you know, try this out, that would have made it a lot harder to get it adapted. And as well, like to get the feedback that I needed to be like, okay, what's what's helpful and what's not. Sure. Now, a lot of people think of Cadence as the theme, but Cadence Blocks actually came first. It did. Yeah, it came first. And I mean, to be fair, I had themes when I released Cadence Blocks, but those themes were all built pre the Gutenberg era, let's say. My hybrid theme, it's built for the Gutenberg era and it will carry and the plan for it, the roadmap for it is it'll carry through to the full site editing era. So it'll be the universal theme that allows you to to go full site editing if you want to. I think right now I tell most people don't, but you know, if that's really what you want to dive into, that'll be something we'll, coming down the road is like, we'll be using that theme. So you won't have to switch. You'll be able to stay on. Gotcha. Okay. And you brought Cadence to WordCamp US, what, in 2019? That was the one in St. Louis. Is that the first time that you sort of brought it to the wider community? Yeah, I decided to sponsor. So I had like a little table, okay. you know, like a, just a, a two foot, you know, enough room for like a, just a laptop and had a little banner and yeah, I mean, it was, it was good. I got, I got a good placement. I, I didn't know that how much that would matter, but I got put close to give and give gets a lot of traffic to their booth. And I got put pl- close to local by flywheel. And so there would be a, like, there would be a line for those two. And so then I was right there and people were like, Oh, well, what, what's cadence blocks. Um, and so, yeah, it was a, it was really important. I think for people out there, like, it's a big cost to um, go to these events and to to sponsor. I mean, it was like a huge cost. And at the, at the size of Cadence at the time, it was like, this is, this is all of our, our money, all of our excess is going into doing this. Yeah. But, but the, you know, the key being able to meet people and, um, you know, find those relationships and partnerships, those that's huge. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, it was a good conference for, for Cadence. Yeah. I bet. Do you remember the um, elementors? set up there it was like a rock yeah. show <laughs> like yeah. crazy yeah multiple so, tv screens and stuff oh yeah so crazy and then 
here's little cadence at the two foot table and doing so much with, with just Gutenberg, just blocks being able to provide so much performance at, it's like the little plugin that could, I think. <laughs> yeah, it was it was good. I think what was funny is like, you know, we're always listening to feedback and Hannah was with me at the conference. And so like the most common thing after we showed people, they'd be like, well, what does it cost? We're like, well, Cadence Blocks is free. And then, well, what's your pro version cost? And we tell them the price and they were always like, it needs to be more money. That was like our most common feedback is it's too, you're selling it too cheap. And so that was that like made us come back from that feeling really good. Like, hey, we've got something that that really could help people and has a lot of potential. So definitely. And it's I from what I've seen in my short time working with Cadence, every time I talk to someone new about Cadence, they are excited. There is a light in their eyes. They see the potential because, you know, a lot of the people that I know in WordPress are people who have been using it for a very long time. They've been around, they've been to WordCamp since like 2015, right? And so they want to make WordPress work. They don't want to have like big, heavy plugins to do what they need to do. They want WordPress to be able to do what they need to do. And Cadence kind of gives them that bridge towards a page builder kind of experience without, you know, having to have a dump truck carry (laughs) the entire site to the end users. So, and I think to make that point, just if people are curious, like one of the ways that we can say that, that it's so much lighter is that Cadence doesn't load anything on the front end of your website if you're not using it on a page. So it's like, it's that lean, like, if you use one block, then all you're loading is the, the whatever is needed for that one block. So it's not like, yes, we have a bundle of blocks and it's a lot of blocks in there and you can you can use a lot of things, but it's all really lightweight and it's all cut down to its pieces. So only the pieces that you're using get loaded and that makes it way like lighter than something like an Elementor or, you know, Divi or whatever. Gotcha. So like with the new blocks that we have out, like the Lottie block, if you are using something with the Lottie block, but you're not using the Google Maps block, Google Maps isn't going to load. All of the logic that goes behind that just isn't there on the front end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Any CSS for styling and things like that. I mean, JavaScript for like the forms block, you know, that's not going to load unless you're using the forms block on the page. So yeah, it's more progressive in that sense of like, We're not just loading a bunch of JavaScript libraries to say, like, if we ever need this, let's have this library around. It's it's more like on a block by block basis. Makes sense. Now, WooCommerce has been one of your primary areas of focus. And I know you've been a web developer for and helped, you know, people get their sites up before you started building Cadence. Why has and you have um, the WooCommerce shop kit, the Cadence shop kit plugin that's all extends the functionality of WooCommerce. Uh, why is it such a primary area of focus for Cadence? And what's, what has led you to create, you know, ShopKit and tools for shop owners? Yeah, I mean, primarily it's what I'm interested in. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want to build what I what I like. And I, I got into web development by building online stores. And, you know, my very first online store was BigCommerce. And eventually I moved that shop to WooCommerce because, well, a lot of reasons, but like as I was building websites, I gravitated toward WordPress and WooCommerce. And then it was like, now I want to build the tools that I'm looking for, that I like the things that I need for my, for my projects or for my 
uh, clients. And that's kind of what led. So I think I've always got a mind toward that because it's like what I'm using it for. Like I run a freeze dried food company with my brother. So we have a WooCommerce website. And so when I push out updates, sometimes there are updates that I'm like, I want that for my website. And I think that being married, the actual like how pe- how people are going to use it is to me really important. Like I'm not developing new products from like a, a view of not being able to see how people are going to use them or like how it's going to benefit. So um, yeah, like I think the focus for me of like Cadence theme being such a theme that's like designed to work with WooCommerce and even building extensions and like Cadence conversions where it's like, there's a lot of things in there that works with WooCommerce intentionally is because like, that's what I that's what like I use too. Like I, I want these tools for me. And I think that's been a large part of like the whole cadence thing is I, I want these tools for me. Right. Right. So, I mean, I'm a, I'm full time with cadence, right? Like, obviously this is what I do. And I still like, I try to make sure I'm every year at least building one website on the side. So I just have that raw experience of starting from scratch and, and really saying like what tools are out there. Um, and how do I want to do this and what's the need? So that way I'm, I'm constantly, you know, creating my notes. We get a lot of feedback and that's huge. It's a big part of like where we go as a brand. Um, but just being able to see it too, from like, from the user standpoint is, is big for me. Definitely. There's something really raw about starting a new website from scratch and which tools are you going to make a commitment to that is different than, okay, I've got this site that I've been running for five years and I'm going to just change this because you make a commitment with a plugin. You make a commitment to WooCommerce and then that's so much, so many other things hang off of that commitment. So that initial, um, decision is so important and can really change your mindset. So you mentioned cadence conversions. Can you talk a little bit about what that does and what that offers? Yeah. So cadence conversions is like a, it's a pop-up slide bar banner tool where you can build it in Gutenberg and, you know, create a pop-up, create a banner, put whatever you want into it, whether it's a subscribe form, whatever. But then the triggers for that can all be based on like, you can, Say like if this product is in the cart, then I want this banner to show or this slide in to show, and and that that all can be related to like what's in your WooCommerce cart, so that you can and it, of course you can have it like specific to like I only want this to show on the cart page or I only want this to show on a sing, on this product page where you have like a slide in come in and stuff like that. So then you've got tracking with it. You can see like how well that's converting, and then. Um, you know, it works with our form blocks, so you can add subscribers, you know, to your mailing list or whatever. And in Cadence Conversions, it's built with blocks. You're building with blocks, right? It's not just like its own world of development. It's with the block editor, isn't it? Yeah, correct. So there's like one master block, which is the conversion block. And that's the main um, block when you create a conversion custom post type. And then Inside of that, all the nested blocks, you can put whatever you want into it. So, yeah, I mean, it can work with any anything. You can put, um, I mean, just in the related, latest release, I put in support for Gravity Forms, for example, because, you know, we have a lot of users who are like, hey, I want to use Gravity Forms in my conversion, and I want to be able to track the goal and have that all sync. So, yeah. 
And, and does that mean that the pop-ups, the modals, the slide-ins, they all have the same speed benefits of using the block editor? Yeah, exactly. So again, you're like, you know, we're only loading what it is you're using in that. And then two, it's it's super lightweight. So we're talking about like no jQuery or anything like that. It's one file that's going to basically handle the building uh, or displaying of the pop-up or, or slide-in and then the controls for setting like the cookies if you're like closing it out or adding in like you can connect it with Google Analytics so it'll send like an event to Analytics to say, hey, this happened, like it was shown or it converted and things like that. Gotcha. Very cool. Hey, everyone. Bob WP dropping into the show for a short break to tell you more about our two pod friends and to thank them for their amazing support. If you are looking for an express checkout for you or your client's woo shop, look into Peach Bay. It's customizable and makes it easy to change button colors, text, width, border radius, and a lot more on product pages, the cart page, checkout page, and the mini sidebar checkout. It also has an optional short code that allows you to drop it in wherever you'd like. You can even go further with customizations by adding upsells, cross-sells, and related products, as well as notes, coupons, discounts, and both multi-currency and multilingual options. PeachPay can also work as a supplementary checkout option or as a single payment method. And lastly, you can collect payments through Stripe, PayPal, Google Pay, and Apple Pay with more payment methods coming down the road. It's all there. Just check it out at peachbay.app. If you have a need for a restaurant plugin for your clients or for your own site, Iconic WP brings you Orderable. Unlike the third-party services out there, you will have no per-transaction fees. The order management is slick and brings an app-like experience to the customer. It easily works with all paid builders and it's configurable for time slots, holiday scheduling, layouts, and product add-ons. For the latter, think of pizza toppings or side dishes. Great add-ons. And from my own experience, the support you get via Iconic WP and Stellar WP is top of the line. Simply go to orderable.com to get you or your client's restaurant online. Make sure and check out both of these pod friends. And now let's get back to the show. Now, in the WooCommerce, I haven't, God, I haven't built anything with WooCommerce in a really long time. But when I was playing around with it, I noticed like I'm not using blocks all of a sudden. I'm back to using just the old fashioned WordPress editor, but I'm like really excited about blocks. Uh, what do you see going forward in the future of WooCommerce that? where blocks can be of greater service to shop owners. Recently, WooCommerce on their dev blog, they put out kind of like a uh, a roadmap for quarter one, quarter two of this year and kind of like where it's heading. And, you know, in their own words, like they're, they're very much wanting to build the ability to template out WooCommerce in full site editing, as well as like potentially building you know, they put this in the later category, but blockifying the single product. So that way you could build a single product template with blocks. There's not a whole lot on how this would actually work in the admin side. And like, 
if you're listening, anyone at WooCommerce, I would very much suggest they don't build that in blocks. Like I think when, when you go to the single product page, I think that should be more of a data collection, not a design experience. And the block editor to me is like more of a design experience. So like, I think when you edit a product, what they need to do, like what they did with WooCommerce admin, where they basically said, hey, like our reporting and all this stuff, it needs to be updated and it needs to start using React and all that stuff. If they could do that with the single product editing experience, it needs like, you know, a full rewrite. Like let's let's actually get out of the classic editor even. Like let's just create our own input for how we're going to collect data on products because products can be complicated. You get into variations and all that stuff. Like if they improve all of that and then create a Gutenberg experience, and this is what you know, you kind of see in the roadmap where you can create templates that you can then assign to products um, for how it's going to be designed. I think that makes the most sense. And, you know, even like on my part, when one thing we're building is the ability to template out WooCommerce pages. So we're going to creating those blocks, but like, I think the common complaint, if there's complaints for WooCommerce is like, it's complicated to get started. And the being able to add a product, you get into this experience, it's like, fairly overwhelming. And so I think if they, if they took the time to really rebuild the admin side of the product and how you're going to collect data on a individual product in a react interface, that's like super quick. And I think that to me, you know, that's what I'd love to see WooCommerce work on next. That makes a lot of sense. You know, it's almost like when you're entering in product data, it uses a different part of your brain than when you are displaying it. You know, it's that uses like the creative part of your brain. So like asking a user to like live in those both areas, like of logic and variations and all of the data parts of things and then move into the creative side at the same time. That's asking a lot of a user, isn't it? Well, yeah. And it also makes it like tricky to find stuff like if you drop into Gutenberg on a product page, like where do I set the, um, you know, the like inventory? <laughs> like then do I have to scroll below that? And now I've got this funky two worlds, like Gutenberg editor on top and then all of the metadata below, which I don't think is a very like amazing experience. And so to me, I'm hopeful that they they go that way. I think I think that would just, in my mind, make a lot of sense. But um, but I think templating for WooCommerce is huge because then you have the flip side of like, hey, I want to control how this product looks on the front end. And so, the, you know, eventually I, it looks like WooCommerce is going to solve that through full site editing um, at some point, you know, later being what's on their blog. And Cadence is also going to do it in, you know, ShopKit in terms of being able to template out, building those templates in Gutenberg with custom blocks that just pull in the pieces that you need for your product page. Right. And you do, with I, just seeing what you've done with templating for Cadence Elements, um, which is part of the Cadence theme, you're going to take a lot of that same kind of um, logic I am imagining into ShopKit. So you could conceivably have 
like five different product templates that you could apply to various products based on, you know, product type or, you know, maybe you have all shirts and they need to lay out in a certain way versus all of the pants in your shop type of thing. Is that kind of what you're envisioning? Yeah, exactly. And even like more control than that, where you could get in and say like, hey, I want to do something, uh, you know, really funky with this product page in like just this one. I want to basically make a product that's a landing page. So I'm going to be really like, I'm not even thinking about it so much as a template as like I'm building this product page. You could do it on that level or you could do it on like, I want to apply to every product in my shop or I want it to apply to you know, just a category of products or different things like that. And Oh, wow. That really opens up a lot because you could have like a whole shopping cart kind of experience with all of the, those layouts. And then let's say you wanted to do a campaign for a specific product that's really hot and you wanted to do ads towards it, you know, Instagram, sending everybody to just that particular landing page where just that one particular product is being marketed and it doesn't have anything else to do with your cart that might be showing in a different way. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty cool. So you're seeing a lot of, a, a lot of um, advantages to using WooCommerce. Obviously you're putting a lot into that. Um, what do you see with WooCommerce that has advantages over other platforms? To me, far and away, the most obvious advantage is price. It's free. And I think when people get away too much, like away from that, like, you know, comparing WooCommerce and Shopify as like, you know, apples to apples, and they're just not like Shopify is even in their lowest plan is 30 bucks a month. Now that does include hosting. I, I get it. Like they're bundling it all together. And that's a real convenience factor. Like I just, I go into one thing, I pay one thing and I'm done. But I think like th- that means you're then stuck in that one thing and being able to build how you want control, like what kind of server you need based on what kind of how much sales you're getting. I mean, you you know, you can build a WooCommerce shop for for next to nothing if you just want to get started on a, you know, cheap host and put in a caching plugin that's free on, uh, you know, like there's, there's a lot that can be done for nothing or next to nothing in WooCommerce. And so I think there's like, in terms of getting started, there's an easy on-ramp where it doesn't cost you much, maybe a little bit of time to learn it. I've played around with Shopify. I'm not like, oh my gosh, Shopify has really figured out like how to make a complicated thing like an online store super easy. Like, no, it's, it's, it's got a learning curve too. You know, there's some things about it that is maybe more intuitive, or at least like the fact that they control the entire environment, whereas WooCommerce is built into WordPress. And so you've kind of got multiple things happening, but then there's also a lot of power in that. Like blogging inside of Shopify is, you know, a, just a tiny text box like you that's it like you can make things bold and change like there there's no like true you know content creation experience for blogging in shopify or a lot of you know like you can kind of build a template for you know you can build a template and then apply it to a single page and that's how you can kind of create custom pages in shopify but that is a very wonky experience so like 
there's a lot of people that are like WooCommerce haters. And I'm like, you know, it building e-commerce is in itself complicated. I feel like WooCommerce is far in the way so much better in that you have control and what you want to do is like limitless. Like you can do anything in WooCommerce. You're not limited to a platform that's closed. Your data is yours. You own it and you can do whatever you want with it. Like to me, there's no comparison out there for someone like even getting started, like, okay, so maybe you have to watch a few more WooCommerce tutorials than you would Shopify tutorials to get in. It's still like, it's still where I would recommend anybody start because there's a million plugins to extend WooCommerce. And a lot of them are way cheaper than Shopify plugins. Like, you know, the, I, I've heard that argument. It's like, well, you pay for WooCommerce through the WooCommerce store. And it's like, well, you know, unlike Shopify, which has its own closed app experience, like you're dealing with a decentralized app experience for WooCommerce where there's a lot of developers building. And so it's competitive. And so the prices are low. And, you know, you can get so many custom things that are specific to you for much cheaper prices. Sure. And and e-commerce, I mean, I think the online world is still evolving and that there's still new ways of connecting with customers that are I don't think it's a mature space by any means. There's still innovation that's happening. And I have the sense that innovation is happening more in the open source space because it's so much easier for people to get involved in. And there's not this behemoth of Shopify dictating what plugins can and can't be out there. Um, You can go buy WooCommerce plugins that aren't necessarily in the the repo. I mean, there's so much more that can be done. Do you think that more innovation happens in the open source space with WooCommerce, and does that give shop owners a competitive advantage? I, I think WooCommerce shop owners have a competitive advantage in that they can they can implement things easier and cheaper. Um, and I think definitely there's a lot more development happening. On you know, as an overall scale, there's more developers that's seem to be building stuff for WooCommerce. So yeah, like I think that that's a, that's a big advantage. I mean, Shopify is a for-profit business and so they have a lot of devs um, and I'm sure they're doing a lot of really cool stuff. And I don't want to like minimize that or say like, no, like I'm sure they're doing a lot of cool stuff and they have a lot of cool plans for the future. But I think that there's a lot as well. And I think when you get into like, you know, progressive web apps and stuff like that. I think that there's a lot of potential for more that you'll just be able to implement in, in WooCommerce, you know, because people are building for it. T- to me, it's like where I want to live because I'm a dev. And so obviously, like, if there's something out there that I want to make or that it isn't made, I can just make it. But I think that, like, store owners should realize, like, if there's something you want to pay for, then there's likely someone who wants to make it for you. And it's not about having to pay huge amounts as much as like, if it's a good idea, you know, you're going to, you know, there's going to be people who want to make, make the product in WooCommerce. And because WooCommerce is so extendable and so easy to, you know, manipulate and change and, and innovate with that. I just think it's, it's far and away a, a better platform, but yeah. And that that definitely, with giving that type of innovation to store owners, it 
creates better experiences for shoppers as well, because that's the ultimate goal of a shop owner is to make a better experience that leads to a better conversion and a better sale and better connections with customers. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think Shopify has done some stuff like, you know, their checkout is now being basically implemented everywhere because it's like, oh, they found something that seems to be really working really well. But what's nice is like you can implement that in WooCommerce or if you want to experiment with other ways to check out or the checkout needs to be really pared down to like your product. You have that kind of control, where it's just a lot harder in, you know, in a system. And I, here we are picking on Shopify so much. I mean, Wix or whatever, you know, system you want to talk about, like, obviously, there's not just one, I would say, it's definitely the most fastest growing by far, but you know, who else gets a lot of press? I love my segues. Uh, Etsy. Have you seen? <laughs> we're we're recording this in April of 2022, and we're coming off of the hashtag Etsy strike <laughs> that has been going on. <laughs> Have you been watching this at all? I I haven't. I've heard about it for sure. I haven't um, seen too much on it. Just that knew it was happening. Yeah, I've seen some crazy stuff on Twitter with this Etsy strike. So it started, I believe, because Etsy had hiked their fees to sellers. So it went from like 3% to six something percent. And then I saw this one thread where Etsy accounting, like it's tax time here in the United States as well. And so this the seller had turned in all of their accounting information and downloaded all the reports from Etsy and everything. And the accounting was not lining up. And there's this big thread on Twitter somewhere about that. But I'm like watching it saying, come to WooCommerce, <laughs> come to open source, right? I mean, because you're building a business and there's so many creative people who are just like, I don't want to be involved in, you know, running the store. I don't want to be involved in the coding. I don't want to do any of that stuff. Just make it easy for me. Plus there's the whole network of searchability and Etsy and things like that. But there's such a trade-off. And I think that trade-off is harder on the sellers, harder on the customers even um, for very little benefit. What do you th- What do you think about all of this? Yeah. I mean, definitely I feel like Etsy has a place because you know, like just like Amazon, people go to Etsy and search and like to get to be able to like, there's only a few places that people don't go to Google to search like and Amazon like finally got that like there's more searching on Amazon like and Etsy's one as well, like people go there and search. And so that is a powerful thing to get sales and get traffic. I do think like in general, it's a huge trade-off because now you are married to that and your whole business plan depends on that. And so like, you know, if you're starting out and you're like, well, I'm choosing Etsy because I need that, I get it. But I think you want to be building a long-term strategy of like, I need to figure out how to get into Google. I need to figure out how to get my product into Google. If I ever want this to become more than the 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 hobby that makes me no money right <laughs> and i think there are people on etsy that just want a hobby that makes them no money but like if you want the hobby to eventually make you money i think you have to figure out a way to get off to, to have a business plan in place that doesn't depend on etsy at least long term and like granted there's people that made that have made that work for them and 
that's great, but I, I don't think that that's the majority. And, you know, and maybe there's space for an op- open source craft search, you know, exper- you know, like website that you, you know, that pools in and you can like send your products info to, but not sell on there or something like that. You know, maybe there's someone out there that's like, Hey, this is a good time to try to start that. And maybe, you know, and that's a good idea. But I think in general for a lot of like the people who are like shop owners and their stores on Etsy, I would say like, you know, you want to be working toward getting off of that platform so that you can, you know, you can own, own it. And not only will you make more money because you're not paying platform fees, but you can also like build to grow in a different way. And create more services and more content that really connects with users that may buy your products and, and really build your, your empire in your own, on your own land rather than on Etsy's rented land, so to speak. Yeah. Any um, future prognostic, that you might want to do about the future of e-commerce? Is there something that you're seeing that um, shop owners or people who are developing for WooCommerce need to be aware of? I think if you're not using one of the express, like if you sell a product, especially if it's shipped, you should be using Google Pay, Apple Pay. (laughs) Like to me, I feel like that trend is here to stay where people just don't want to enter their information anymore. And they want that like buffer of like, cause I feel like that's one thing, like even like Shopify really does good, a good, good job. Their, their shop pay is um, impressive. And so to me, you know, I, I see that as like just the immediate, like that's a trend you want to be a part of because it it will immediately help conversions and just make people be like, oh, done. And I didn't have to do anything. And we're all ordering online now on our phones. So, but yeah, I think like me thinking out, I mean, it's hard to guess like what some of the VR stuff will do. I, I don't know if we'll ever truly experience the web that way, but maybe that's coming. I definitely see progressive web apps as like being something that's going to to me, it's the it's the like most immediate like, you know, with with iOS, I think it was fifteen four one fifteen, adding in the beta for a lot of that. I could see over the next couple of years that being like a thing that every shop needs to implement is progressive web app for their shop, if they don't have a a a private app, you know not a private but a an app already in the app store. Which I think is going to be great because then you don't have to manage an app in an app store. You'll just be able to use your website as an app. And uh, yeah. Smart. Yeah. Cool. Since we have you here, final question. Um, I know you were working on Cadence Shop Kit. Was it 2.0s coming out pretty soon? Can we get a quick down and dirty preview of what, what people can expect? Yeah, I mean, being able to template out your product pages is like that's coming in that. So there'll be like the the templating. And one thing with that plugin is it's all modular. So like what you enable is what will run on your store. So again, performance in mind, you're not like like installing something. I think there's 13 modules in it and having to run all 13 if you don't um, want to. But the admin is getting a, a revamp and there's some like 
different settings here and there, like the the product gallery is getting improved. Um, there's some more settings around that, but I think the big thing will be templating inside of the like building custom templates for your shop page um, that you can apply essentially like conditionally based on a lot of different things, including like, you know, if you want it to expire at a certain time or whatever, but that'll be, that'll be the, the big part of, of that release. Very exciting. Well, that's all the time we have. Um, but if people want to know more about, I feel like I should be saying this since we, we work together, right? So I'm like marketing. <laughs> yeah. And so I feel like me asking you, where should people find out more about Cadence? I'm like, yeah. that's my yeah. job to tell you. <laughs> but where should where where can people find out, out more about Cadence, about you? I know you're not big on social media, but what where should people follow along? Yeah, I mean... I- Obviously, cadencewp.com is where you can find us and and products. Uh, Facebook group would be a place that you're going to probably, as far as like where I would post and, and stuff, that's going to be the one that you get the most. That's like the, our Facebook group is where I would recommend if you want to interact with me in particular. You can tag me there and not every time, but usually I can, I'll see it. And obviously, I can't promise to respond every time where you can get a response from me for sure is um, our website through our support forms. I'm, I'm in there every day. So definitely value your feedback and things like that. Excellent. And I can say that Ben, of all the developers I've ever worked with in my life, Ben is the most customer focused person that I've ever seen. You are on what people are doing with Cadence and really responsive to what the community needs, what people need in order to not only make WordPress work better, but to make WooCommerce work better. And so I really appreciate the conversation today. Thanks for joining me, Ben. Yeah, thanks. Hey, everyone, Bob WP here, and thanks again for tuning in to today's show. I'd like to give one more shout out to our two pod friends. PeachPay, a sleek and simplified express checkout that is fully customizable with an easy way to upsell or add customers' incentives to the checkout at peachpay.app. And orderable by Iconic, the ultimate WooCommerce restaurant plugin for WooCommerce for your client sites. With a slick order management and an app-like experience for the customers, which you can find at orderable.com. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at DoTheWoo on the podcast on our site at DoTheWoo.io or on your favorite podcast app. Until the next time, keep on doing the woo.